never occurred to me to be disgusted by a man's pubic hair. Unless there's like unless it's debris, like, like balls yes. on toilet paper, <laughs> um, peanut, you know, like a bottle cap. And that has nothing. And I just feel like I'm not gonna blame the pubic hair for that. That is purely owner neglect. Hello, I am Jade. And I am Ellen. And we are Ellen and Jade at Your Cervix, uh, here for another podcast. This podcast is going to be on the uh, topic of pubic hair. And um, I have to tell you, Ellen, that, that this, when we first started talking about doing podcasts, pubic hair was always one that I was like 100% wanted to do. I feel very strongly about the topic of pubic I hair. I love to talk about pubic <laughs> hair. It's one of my favorite topics of conversation. I know. I feel like really strongly about the topic of pubic hair and I feel like it's not discussed enough. And and I would say that my uh, my thoughts on pubic hair have changed as I've gotten older as well. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never, no, actually, I was never particularly passionate about pubic hair until I got a little bit older. And mm. and maybe because I have a girl who's like a prepubescent who's starting to um, change in that direction that I've become a little bit more of a passionate advocate for pubic hair. Keeping pubic hair. Keeping pubic mm-hmm. hair, yeah. So um, I'm going to tell just a little story about when my transition to being a passionate advocate for pubic hair um, <laughs> happened. So I hope it's when the first hair grew out of your poopy mons. No, that's that's not what happened. Like my <laughs> my hairs grew, and I don't even really because my so uh, my daughter, like I said, is pubic best and just starting to transition a little bit. And so I was trying to think back. Like I don't even really remember. Honestly, I feel like. To me, one day I just woke up with a full bush. Like, I just don't remember the, the whole thing <laughs> Like happening. the chia man? <laughs> the chia bush? <laughs> I have no memory of having, like, a hair and then having pubes either because it was so, it was, like, such a shameful thing. Like, yeah. I didn't want to mature at all. I didn't want to go through puberty, and I was, like, trying to hide my breast buds. And then when I, I don't remember getting pubes. I remember being in seventh grade and in gym in the locker room, and there was a girl that was, like, one of the very tall girls. And she was getting changed next to me. And I looked over and I saw that she had pubes too. And I was like, oh my God, it's not just me. You said that out loud to her? In my heart. In your heart, you I said that. I didn't say it out loud. Right, good but for I you. But I was super excited that I was not the only one with pubes. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird because I went I went to boarding school around that time as well. And so you would expect that um, like everybody's like bodies were on display but actually at that time of your life regardless of whether you live at home you know with 10 sisters or 10 brothers or whatever or you go to boarding school you're so private about your body at that time anyway so we all lived in this like open dorm Mm -hmm. but yet I mean we never saw saw anything because we were so focused on keeping our bodies my mom was always naked oh god my mother was always (laughs) always <laughs> naked. And I'm like, the always naked mom too. And even me too. Me too. That's why my kids have 100% know exactly what's going on with the human body. Like my son is, you know, he's eight, just turned nine, and he 100% knows about periods because it's like, because <laughs> I'm calling out to him, like, grab me a tampon. Boy, grab me a tampon. The kid just like looks at me like totally like, is this, is this, this, is this what this is? Yeah, this is your life But now. yeah, my mother was naked. All the, All the time, and even my even my children when they we go to visit my mother, they're like, mm, "Grandma's a little naked too often." We have to look uh, at Grandma's old wrinkly body. Yeah. She's still on full display, and she always had a full a full head of pubic hair on her. Always. I remember when I was I think it was also in seventh grade. I think it was the summer before. 
four, seventh grade, we were carrying a picnic table. So I was on one end and my mom was the other, and my sister and her friend were all carrying it. And my mom had gotten us this little manicure set that was electric. It looked like electric toothbrush, and it had, like, you could file your nails, but also had a little mini trimmer. So I, like, went to town on my oh, so pubes. You, but you actually knew what the trimmer was for? So I didn't know what it was for. I was just like, I'm going to try this on my pubes. Because oh. I'm a little experimental. Right. So, and then we're carrying this table. And my mom, like, looks across the table in front of, you know, friends and whatever. And is like, oh, my God, Ellen, are you shaving your pubes? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And she's like, if you keep it up... Those things are going to grow down to your knees right? by the time you're my age. Was... And I got so mad. I was like, God damn it, Mom. And I dropped the table and I ran and I climbed a tree and hidden it. Aww, I wouldn't come out because she mentioned she that I had pubic hair. humiliate you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, my mother always, I mean, the, the rumor, and I'm pretty sure my mother perpetuated it as well, was that when you shave it, it grows back thick and curlier yes. than ever before. You're just and asking for, like, you will down transition to, to Neanderthal status <laughs> if you continue to shave. You're going to look like. <laughs> What's that little Guru, you will transition to gorilla <laughs> the status. The lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Oh. Who's that little guy? Oh, the, the goat no, me guy, the goat, the half goat man, yeah. whatever his name is. What is that <laughs> mythical creature? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't think of what that's his name. What I, that's what I half thought. Half man, half goat, or yes, whatever. That's, he is. I would be a half Ellen, half goat because yeah. I trim my pubes with the. <laughs> the nail file trimmer. So, is, what did you do for your pubic hair when you were a teen? Did you shave or? No. You um, used the little trimmer? Like that was once you yeah, discovered Yeah, I did my that, bikini line. And I mean, I don't know. I love my pubes. So I play with my pubes all the time. Like the other night we were watching TV. Because I like to, when I'm relaxing, I like to just fluff them. Right. I just like to yeah. fluff them up nice and tall. And then I pat them down. And I was in bed and... Tony's like, what are you doing? And I think he thought I was masturbating. I'm like, I'm fluffing, fluffing my, my pubes right. and watching Outlander. Like, leave me alone. This is my special time. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> and Fool. he was like, he looked at me. I'm like, Gah. Well, I've always kind of been enamored of my pubic hair because I've always wanted curly hair. I've kind of straight. I mean, it's kind of wavy, <laughs> but it's not. But I always wanted, like, those ringlets. Uh-huh. I went to um, high school with a girl who was, like, beautiful and good at everything, and she had these tight ringlets. And so, you know, as at that age, you always aspire to be someone other than yourself. Uh-huh. So I aspired to be this girl, and she had this curly hair. And so the only part of me that looked anything <laughs> like this girl was my Your pubic pubes. hair. And then you put googly eyes <laughs> and imagined it was And I would you. name it Emily. <laughs> In honor of this girl. Emily and I are going Emily for a walk. And I. So I was always enamored of my pubic hair because it had this natural curl- curliness to mm-hmm. it, which I thought was amazing. But I can't remember. I started uh, just waxing, you know, like as you get older and you start doing swimming and stuff, um, I just used to wax because I never really liked shaving. shaving. Shaving never worked for me on that level because I was mm-hmm. always the person with that huge rash. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that me huge too. burn rash that you would get. So mm-hmm. um, I went to waxing and would just go in every six or so weeks or whatever and get. But I was always just like just the sides, mm-hmm. like just the bikini line. And the, and the ladies would often ask like, well, how high do you want it? And I always was kind of like what do you mean? Like that part of it, I really, I did the whole Brazilian thing. I did not click onto that for years and years until later. I'd be like, well, just wear my under, you know, underpants. Well, um, when I was 19, I started dating somebody that was really into um, no pubes. Right. And so I shaved all my pubes. Right. So I remember like I was living in this, at this resort, like this Oceanside resort. And we had like dorms and I was getting out of the shower 
And he loved it. And one of my friends, I was getting in the shower, came in and was like, oh my God, what the fuck? And I was like, what? What? Right. She's like, she's like, you have the biggest clit I've ever seen. And I was like, what? Right. And then like I walked out, I had a towel on and she ripped the towel off in front of all my friends. Like, have you ever seen a grown woman with no pubes and a clit like this to like my room full of friends? And I was like, Ugh. and up until that point, I had no idea that my clit was big anyway. Um, I just thought that's what everybody's looked like. Right. But I but when I had no pubes, I like masturbated constantly because I was like, I need pubes to, I need a barrier. Right. Otherwise, I can't function in the world. Well, I would say, so current statistics, if we look at current statistics, that 92 to 99% of Western women, you know, have reported removal of leg and underarm hair, right? right. So that is a constant. Like everybody mm-hmm. shaves their legs, shaves their underarm. So in the United States, more than 50% of young women, that's 18 to 24-year-olds, um, have admitted to removing pubic hair recently, so within the last month. But it doesn't and say, like, to what extent. To what extent, yeah. And more than 50% of university attending women describe themselves as completely hair-free. So I think there has been this transition. I would say, okay, from a cultural perspective, in a, when I was in Australia, like everyone I knew shaved or waxed their bikini line, mm-hmm. but the whole Brazilian, the whole hair-free thing, that didn't happen. I didn't encounter that until I came to the United States for the first what time. What year was that? So that would have been the year 99-2000. Okay, I came so over. 1996 was when I had no pubes and nobody I knew did that at all. And it was like one of those things that was like, right. but I mean, I found it really arousing too. So and it was but a can I say It was started by a guy mentioning you should shave your pubic hair because mm-hmm. I would like that. That was exactly, so mm-hmm. I met this guy over here in the United States and he, and nobody had, no man had ever said anything about, about my pubic hair to me in Australia. Mind you, I dated some pretty like, you know, the, the guys that I went out with in my 20s weren't, super like body conscious themselves so I'm like (laughs) that may have just been me but yeah this first guy American guy that I was with he was the one who was like casually like oh yeah you should do this you'll really love it but he was a guy who shaved his whole body as Mm -hmm. well which I thought was the fucking oddest thing but anyway um so yeah he was the first one so that was the first time that I and I had that revelation of like looking at myself like so I don't know. I just ne- it just never sat well with me. Plus, I'm an exceptionally lazy person. And so <laughs> the upkeep that is needed in order to maintain a hair-free vagina is n- is not fucking small. Like right. it is huge. And the other thing that bo- and because I was like, well, I'm going to shave it and then I'm going to leave it for 2 weeks. It was like I had so the itchy. worst case of crabs like ever in my life. I was scratching at my vagina like all it was like I was like a fucking football player on a sideline. So, like it was so bad. So I kept myself totally like shaved for. I mean, I went to college like that, and I remember being like at a like at a party, and this guy came up to me, and they were like flirting or whatever, and he stuck his hand down my pants, and like realized I had no pubes, and his eyes were like, oh, he was huge. And for he him. was like, what's right. that? And I was like, well, it's not for you, but right. And um, so, what year was that then? Ninety-seven. Okay, so we're talking like a transformation around the late nineties, yeah. and, and then, that actually melds in with some of the um, research that I was doing. So I, they were talking about so 
like we talk about pornography all the time in sort of mm-hmm. all the subjects that we talk about, and that is really applicable to the case of pubic hair as well because they talk about how porn culture ends up filtering into mainstream culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So and uh, for this research, um, so uh, some in- information first that I have is a review of Playboy from between 1953 to 2007 showed the gradual decline of the visibility of pubic hair in the magazine. God, do you remember that movie 1984? No. I don't think I've seen that you movie. Didn't? No. Oh, my God. And there, it was, anyway, the, I can't believe you haven't seen that. No. But then there's this whole part where she's naked and it looks like there's literally like a groundhog sitting Is on her. Is that one of those fake ones, though? No. Oh, because American? I just, I read an article in Slate when I, we were talking about this subject and it was about the rise because so few actresses have any pubic hair that they've had to, like, I'm not sure what it's called. It's but called a merkin. A merkin! I can talk the about The rise merkin. of the merkin. I made merkins. <laughs> I had, we were going to start a merkin company called Everybody's Merkin for the Weekend. <laughs> and you got a merkin girl. <laughs> And so, but why did you feel the need to start? Like that's that's all right, an annoying So this question. is a why very did... it was a very niche area. So in roller derby, we would wear mini skirts and fishnets, and you'd wear underwear and then overwear. And I was like, you know, it would be really distracting if you fell and you had this huge fucking bush. bush. Like somebody just fell and looked like they had an afro hidden in there. So my friend Gigi Ramon and I, we were driving to Jacksonville, Florida, for a game, and in the car we sewed like we had. Um, the Madame Bovary, which was a little more demure. So we had like triangle pieces of fabric and we we sewed pubes on. And then she had the French connection, I think hers was with longer brown curly ones. And so we made like four different ones. So in the game, we had more modest ones so they wouldn't um, get caught when we were trying to roller skate. We didn't want to lose our Merkins. So we had our tights and our under panties and then we had the fake pubes sticking out between the under panties and the over panties. And it was just so like roller skated. team out. And plus we both really like pubes. Right. And then we went to the after party. So in the after party, we were wearing tights and over panties. And then we wore our, she wore the party girl and I wore, I think the French connection. So they were like halfway down to our knees, these fake pubes. <laughs> and at that point in roller derby, so this is in like 2009, 2010, um, we were going to this after party and it would be like you'd have this big party and people would dance on the bar and, you know, it was kind of like this wild scene. And we go to this and it was in a fucking family bowling alley in the back room. So we walked through this bowling alley with these gigantic fake pubes, hey, like in tights and fake pubic hair almost to our knees. And then they had an ice cream buffet. <laughs> and so we were like at this buffet picking out ice cream toppings. <laughs> These huge pubes, like, dangling right next to the table. It was amazing. It was, that sounds like an amazing one. Yeah, and we thought we were really onto something there that we would really... And, you know, not a lot of people wanted them. No. No. There wasn't a huge run on on the Merkin. No. But, you know, I've but been there, talking there would be to... Now because but Jekyll now- Jackson... For Green Mountain Roller Derby, she and I were talking about, oh, we might bring it back. Yeah, well, I think there is a, there is an industry now because yeah. in the Slate magazine they talked about Hollywood starlets being completely hair free, and so in scenes, you know, where they're we flashing back pubes. to the seventies or whatever, they need a full size. Okay, in so a- the Merkin history. This is history per Ellen Apple. Right. So you know, it might you not know. be in totally accurate, but um, back. When there was a lot of pubic lice and everything, and before people shaved all the way, prostitutes used to shave their pubes, and they'd have fake pubes on them, so they still looked 
fertile and sexy. Right. So they didn't want to look like hairless freaks. And that makes total sense. If you're living in Deadwood, 1820, I'd be shaving my pubes too. Yeah. Right? In order to keep out pubic lice. Like, that's that that makes total sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So, and back, going back to that Playboy thing between <laughs> 2007, I think this is really interesting, between 2007 and 2008, so that's actually later than we're talking about, over 60% of the women pictured in Playboy now had no hair at mm-hmm. all. So, uh, you know, you know, I'm a thorough researcher. That's mm-hmm. what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, my husband has a copy of Playboy for the articles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has this one is, wait, copy I'm sorry, of Playboy. I just want to... So well, your thorough research is one copy of Playboy your husband's had <laughs> kicking around for like five years. It's 1973. He, oh. he bought it for an Edward Abbey um, article. For, like I said, he bought it for the articles. For the articles. That's the kind of guy yeah. he is. Um, so anyway, I was like, well, clearly I need to do some thorough research for uh-huh. this podcast. That's the kind of girl I am. I like to really go in deep, Were dive in deep. For so I took out his copy of Playboy and I was just flicking through full full pubic hair, like full mo's. Like uh-huh. every woman in the in the magazine had a full bed of pubic hair. And and none of them looked like they were even partly manicured. Like this is nice. and so that's nineteen seventy three. And they also had they were also rocking like hard Call bikini tan lines as well, you know. That was, they, see, I think that's super hot. Think, yeah, why not? It's like they have these brown, like beautiful the tan town. legs, and then this fluoro white vagina with this like puff of pubic hair. I mean, I I think it freaking rocks. I mean, it yeah, looks great. that sounds great. So I was going to start off with a story, and Ellen, as usual, rudely interrupted me. So this was my <laughs> catalyst moment in pubic hair. Where so so two thousand ninety nine two thousand. This guy tells me it would be really cool if you shave your pubic hair. So I do that, and it never really sits well with me. But I couldn't really figure out why. Well, number one, I'm a lazy bitch, and mm-hmm, shaving mm-hmm. was just too Not much for me. It was just never going to work out. And then, so I go home, go back, rocking a full 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 pubic hair. I come back to the United States in. 2004, I think. 2003, 2004. And I meet this, like, amazing chick. Shout out to Sarah. She's American. She lives in the UK now. So we... um liked to drink and party really hard. So one night we were partying super, super hard. We get drunk. We go back with these to this. We meet these two guys. We go back to their room. We're like fooling around with these two guys. It's in the dark. Do you know what I mean? We're mm-hmm. fumbling around. And next thing I know, I hear Sarah. I can hear this guy like mumble, mumble, mumble. And then Sarah sits up in the bed and she's, and she's like, what do you want me to look like, a fucking 10-year-old girl? And I was like, and I immediately sat up, and I know that the guy that I was with, I could feel him stiffen. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously he was figuring out I had a full freaking pubic hair mound as well. And But it was like, it was like suddenly she had articulated to me something that had made me feel uncomfortable the first time around right. about it and that I hadn't been able to articulate myself. The, the idea that this guy kept sort of pestering me, like, it's going to look so good, it's so good, it's so good for me, I really love it. But I wasn't able to articulate why it made me feel uncomfortable and her little remark there kind of was able to do that. It was able to put, for me, into context about why I felt uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. getting rid of all my pubic hair and that's... And, you know, like... To shout out to all the women who listen to this podcast, all five, all of, five you. of you, if you are people who shave your pubic hair, like, that's, I have n- no problem, like, that's awesome for you guys. Like, you should, the, the whole premise, I think, is that you should be body positive and you need to do to mm-hmm. your body what makes you feel good about your body. Right. My question, my sort of, the bit where I sort of waver and I'm not, or I feel a little uncomfortable about it is, 
are you doing it because you want to feel good about yourself, like completely you? Or is it kind of like that instance that I came into where like your partner or you're doing it in order to make someone else happy to make you happy? Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Because it it kind of feels like women are constantly being asked to modify ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we're constantly being asked to be thinner, to be like more quiet, you know, it's the onus of, like, body modification is always on women. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it feels like that's another modification that women have to make in order to please someone else. Well, I, I find it interesting. Like, I've talked to people and they're like, well, I'm an athlete, so I get Brazilians because it's cleaner. And I think, my God, like, you're when you get Brazilians or you shave all the time, you're getting all these little micro abrasions. You're opening. There's a lot more chance to get bacteria. Right. You can get more folliculitis. You can get more skin infections, and you're more at risk for STIs. That's right. So, so I'm not sure if people realize that PVK no, does act say, as a barrier. They say, "Oh, I want to be cleaner." I'm like, "Well, actually, you know, your pubic hair is there to create that barrier. You know, to make sure. Like I always equate it to eyelashes. So yes. Just recently, I was at somebody's party and we're. You know, it was like late night and maybe we were a little intoxicated and I was sitting in a hot tub with just a bra on and no bottoms for whatever reason. I had forgotten to wear <laughs> underwear. So we're in the hot tub with these two guys <laughs> and we used to get in this heated argument about pubic hair. Right. So my friend's husband, who was in the tub with me, um, he was laughing about it the next day. He's like, you were so passionate and, you know, like so kind of. Advocating for pubic Advocating hair. Advocating it and haughty about it, right. I guess, as you sat there in a bra with no bottoms in this thing. Right. <laughs> your pubes just floating Flo- in the bra- in the, in the the water. And I was like, and that was my big thing because they're like, oh, you know, it's 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 so much cleaner. I'm like, well, eyelashes are there to protect your eyes yeah. from getting bacteria and foreign debris in them. And pubes are for that, too. And then there's also, you know, I've seen research about just body hair in general. Like, men have chest hair, and it helps, like, it stimulates the skin when you have sex chest to chest. Uh-huh. Like, it's to be stimulating, and it stimulates the women's nipples, and it helps right. you get aroused. And pubic hair, like, you know, I think there's all sorts of yeah different reasons for it. And, you know, like I said... I think that I've had all sorts of pubes. And I went to get a Brazilian when I was, my husband and I were engaged. We weren't married yet. I thought, I'm going to do something really nice. I'm going to get a Brazilian for him as a surprise. So I go in and the lady starts waxing me. So she does like a little bit off the sides and she starts going from the top down. And she got to where I kind of split, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm done no, here. no, stop. I'm and I walked out of there <laughs> and it hurt so fucking bad. And I was standing in the bathroom trying to look at what I had done to myself. So it appeared like my, I looked like I was a teenage boy with a (laughs) shitty goatee because I had like all this red bleedy parts where the skin had been ripped out. So I had like, like acne and then like, Oh, yeah. Well, I think even when I have waxed it, even just the sides, I mean, I have had my share of ingrown hairs, and I'm thinking, I couldn't even imagine that working its way further inside. Tony, like, walked in, and he looked at me. He's like, what the fuck have you done? What did did you do to yourself? I was being sexy for (laughs) you. And he's like, oh, my God, did you spend money on that? Oh, it was $65. (laughs) Did you spend money on that? Yeah. Uh, That's when you know it's true love. Yeah. 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 When your husband is, like, laughing. So I spent, like... Two months looking like a, you know, yeah, heightened puberty. So the National Electronic in- Injury Surveillance System, 
So that's kind of like when you present to the ER um, for whatever, <laughs> you know, they take a list of all the injuries that and present this is in the, the in- pubic hair injury. This is, well, oh my god! So in I'm 2012, 25 so percent of female injuries. Um, that like genitourinary injury, so that would include things like women who present for urinary tract infections, or you know problems passing urine, or whatever, anything to do with your bladder, or you five percent. Wait, I'm finished. Anything I to do with even. your twenty, like anything to do with your yeah, like with your va- a vagina or your bladder, anything like that. So twenty five percent of those type of injuries that people presented with to the ER were to do with a were due to a laceration, a wax burn, or a foreign body injury related to pubic hair removal. 25%. What is the foreign and I body? Say, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I'm not sure how people, like, maybe electron, you know, they're trying to get on the inside, maybe, and they're, I I'm don't know. I don't know. I don't bit. know what the foreign body is. I know that um, I, I worked with an esthetician, and she was saying that they do, um, in the conferences, they do big demos, and they were doing male Brazilian demo. So they, it was the guy was up on the stage, the esthetician was waxing, and it was a room full of people, and they had it on the big screen. And the woman, when she went to wax his balls, ripped his skin, like split his balls. Like, so it was bleeding? It was, the skin was ripped open. He had to go to the hospital. And that she was, was doing in that the on demo. the big screen? Yes. Lord. So, like, oh, my God, I can't even... Like, imagine <laughs> doing that into your... Because when I think about pubes, like, about people that have, you know, like, sexual partners, I mean, I never occurred to me that men shouldn't have pubic hair. No, that's But then sometimes I well. see it, I'm like, well, that is nice looking. Right, yeah. And then other times I'm like, I wish there was more hair there. Yeah, I mean, it's never occurred to me to be disgusted by a man's pubic hair. Like, Unless there's, like... Unless it's debris like, like balled yes. up toilet paper, <laughs> um, peanuts, you know, like a bottle cap. And that has nothing. And I just feel Pieces like I'm not gonna blame the pubic hair for that. That is purely that is a lack of. That is like owner neglect. That yeah. is not pubic hair's fault. That is pure Do owner you neglect. Ever see that movie Waiting? With no. Ryan Reynolds, and no. it's about, um, it's basically making fun of Bennigan's, I think, restaurant. It was written by somebody that Tony went to high school with in um, Bradenton, Florida. And in the end, there's this, like, super bitchy lady, and she's, like, this mean, mean waitress. In the end, she stands up on a table there at a party, and she's, like, yells at everybody and lifts her skirt up, and she's got this gigantic bush. Do you think it was a merkin? I I know. It's so huge. And it had all these little pieces of, like, paper straw wrappers and stuff in it, and she's, like, and she pulls the paper out and throws it at people, and they're, like, oh, my God, it's so angry. Why is it hissing us? But, like, people just see, like, somebody with a full pube, and that's, like, this, aggressive statement right like, like that is the most that's not, disgusting thing but it's like as a woman not demurring to like the male gaze right you know and you think about like cindy sherman who is an artist and she did all these things about she did collages and cutting women up into pieces and to make it appealing to the male gaze and it's so interesting that when you think about how women now I was looking at, just talking about Cindy Sherman, so for, for those who are not aware, Cindy Sherman was a photographer and she mm-hmm. was always taking self-portraits. But I was when I was looking at this, there was this, there was really famous, another photographer, a famous photographer, Helmut Newton. Yeah. He did a 1981, in 1981, he did this huge series of big nudes. And oh like, it's beautiful to look at, but all these women are like six foot ten Brazilian goddesses who have ve- actually varying shades of pubic hair. Most of them have full bushes, but some of them have quite manicured. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just like 
probably like this is one of the scary things about the internet is that you can just look at them like any any 12 year old boy can go and look at big nodes by that's Helmut fine Newton. art it is fine and art. there is one of a man with a giant coke can penis so right it's well, not just for boys to learn about no because you can go and look at all that robert maplethorpe um oh my God, gay pornography so stuff yeah so but but these whip these women and they're enormous and they're in these huge high heels and these they don't have huge bushes huge bushes and nothing about it looks odd like it looks like that's i don't know it just look when you look at it like that it just looks totally normal and one of the other things that i read it's about it's like the hair was meant to be there right. <laughs> that's right the hair is meant but, to be but you know be you there. cannot convince me that my ass hair is always well, meant to that's be there a whole other, because that's a whole i look at issue. my butt hair and i think that's not in the right spot. No, I think, is that my ass or a 40-year-old man's ass? <laughs> well, if you're looking in the wrong mirror. You need no, to get I did mirrors. selfies. I accidentally took a picture of my own ass, and then it became like, you know, narcissist, where, you know, I, I couldn't look away, and then mm. I have 40 pictures of my ass <laughs> on my camera trying in every angle to see if I do look like Bart Simpson. I think you need to learn he... to love your hairy ass as well. If you're going to learn to love your hairy bush, then you need to learn to love your hairy ass as well. And there's a reason why the hair but is I on your ass where you can't see it and you're like making society. you're like victimizing yourself and attempting to look at your hairy ass to begin with. I think you should just give that up. Everything in the back is not supposed to be You know, huge. I feel like Leslie always tells me that when I call her and say I was looking at my vagina in the mirror again and, and she, she says and this is like a silence like, and then she says why are you doing that again right, right. And i'm like well i just have one question real quick <laughs> and then i hear her i can hear her eyes roll over the phone it's like a and then she yeah and she's like, like a little groan why are you doing that why again and i think them? you're a midwife you're supposed to be encouraging people yeah to do well i watched things. this horrifying documentary a couple of years ago and it was about women i'm not sure if this is the right word either but a cl- clidectomy you know so this young girl basically where they get their the like female genital mutilation? Yeah, but it's not. It's like purposely done. Vaginoplasty? It's either the, la, yeah, lab, labiaplasty and mm-hmm. stuff. So this young girl, it was in the UK, and this young girl, they started with this young girl, and her sister had made some comment about her um, beef flaps, you know, at a party, and then this is her sister. So uh, making a, making jokes about her sister's beef flaps at a, at a party, and so she goes to see a surgeon to have um, part of the labia cut off or whatever and she had I guess in the surgeon's um, eyes and it, you know a protruding clitoris that was a little bit big as well and so he sliced mm, it for her basically why? Just took why would you do that because that's what she wanted she wanted a little clip yes how because, would you know right so the, why would you make that documentary oh, so go, it's right ter- now. yeah it's such a disturbing documentary on so many levels so this woman who's doing the doc the documentary filmmaker she ends up going around the country talking to women um about their vaginas and it was amazing to both her and to me as the viewer, just the poor perception that women have in general of their vaginas to begin with, you know, and how you have this perception Who that your that vagina German is the ugliest artist? thing. There was a, just a huge so project, the, the German project. plaster project where they, she put um, a whole bunch of vaginas in plaster of Paris or yeah. whatever? Yes. And they so at the very end, so wild. they take this girl to that exhibition where it's just this enormous room full of vaginas, plaster of Paris vaginas. Mm-hmm. And this girl is astounded at the length and breadth of what a vagina looks well, like. Well, because, you know, if you think about the porn vagina, it's very uniform. It's that's very right. cookie cutter. And then that's how, you know, this all goes back to talking about sex ed and consent and how people learn about what there's like porn literacy, basically. If you're not teaching people about this at a young age, the only way they get to see vaginas because American is raised is 
based on Puritans. Right. You know, a bunch of fucking prudish people that feel like if you even mention the word, word vagina to an eight-year-old, they're going to become a prostitute. So you don't know. The only vaginas you see are... It's porn, like from ass, the porn industry. asshole bleaching and yes, you know, yeah, exactly. No, it's not, so that you have this like dysmorphic view about your and I, it just to me it just perpetuates the whole idea that women are constantly put under about this dysmorphic view that we have of ourselves. About right, what our but I mean, to look when like. you think about when I think about at work, like. You never know what you're when you go to do a vaginal exam. You don't know where you're going to run into. Right. So I was going to say. So Ellen and I um, both look at a lot of vaginas like all day long. Mm -hmm. So I do feel like professionally. So I do feel like we're maybe a little bit more. um, uh, We have a little bit more experience on the subject than most. And the pubic hair. Yeah. So we look at the differences in pubes. With all these women in labor, right. which is really, I mean, it's very rare that we see people with pubic hair. Very like, I would see, rare. say, less than 10% of women that come in to have a babies have pubes. Yeah, I would say, and I would say it also follows, like, older women sort of tend, oh, no, I can't even say that because I had looked after a woman the other day who was in her late 30s and she was completely bare. But what I will, will say is that I have seen, like, the gamut of good vaginal health, like, in terms of mm-hmm. what shaving and waxing can do to a vagina like women who have come in with welts and cysts and like burn marks and scars well, then there's scar some tissue. that it's, it looks nice and they did a nice job and, sure so, i know. mean so one of the things i read about was like um uh unfortunately um, well it makes sense like so women who are larger like bigger women obese women mm-hmm. obviously you're going to have a harder time being able to like really be able to see the area that you're shaving mm-hmm. and I would say that lends itself to my experience as well and mm-hmm. that being um, doing vaginal exams and looking at women's vaginas larger women tend to have more issues mm-hmm. around their vagina you know than well, it's just than sweatier down there too it, and you can't see the area as well mm-hmm. you know you're talking about women who are really uh, grossly obese and have like that sort of thing that we in the industry which is totally not PC, but we call the apron, you know, that large... It's a panis. It's <laughs> is the real word for it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. So um, the panis, which is sort of that lower abdominal fat that some women have, it sort of hangs over the vagina. And you mean, you're exactly right. It becomes really sweaty. Mm-hmm. And, and it's through no, like, lack of self-care or anything. But I have just seen some really mangled vaginas <laughs> in my time. Like, really... <laughs> where I've just felt like... This is just, you know, this is a set. Don't laugh at these people's mangled vaginas, Ellen. Like this, this <laughs> I don't think like, I've ever called it mangled. I mean, I mean, damaged. I like oh, da- from-, from like from like you know waxing and shaving mm-hmm. and where you've got scar tissue from like cuts and stuff. You know, I've and I think that has also cemented the idea in me that pubic well, hair think, is there for a reason. Yeah. When I finally just grew my pubes out, it was because I was getting folliculitis so yeah. poorly. And as I and get fo- older, folliculitis is like the follicle. Of the hair is when you get like an infection, it's an infection in and ingrown hairs, right. and it just it was gross looking and it was uncomfortable, and so I just you know now I have my nice minky pelt that right. I like to yeah. like to fluff when I you know yeah, and I think and so one of the other things that we haven't really talked about, but I know that we will because we always we always dive to the to the depths in these conversations is the idea that somehow um, sex is better when you don't have pubic hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like it really clean and cunnilingus is somehow better when you don't have pubic hair. And I would say that if someone's using that argument to you, then 
they should stop licking your mons pubis <laughs> and start aiming for a little further down towards the clitoris because cl- if you um, the clitoris doesn't have any hair on it. Right. So if your partner is complaining that they don't like hairs in their teeth, then you should just direct them down a little. Or there is a device called a pussy snorkel. So it looks like a nasal cannula that goes in your nose, and it has two big tubes that wrap up and cinch behind your head so that you can be in there and still breathe. What? Why can't you breathe in the first place? Well, if place? you're really deep in the muffy. Uh, so, I was, so Ellen and I went to a conference last year. It was a sex conference. And I went to this class. Uh, it was taught by a woman, and it was called The Art of Cunnilingus. And she was talking about, which I then, you know, a few little tidbits that I passed on to my husband. So um, she was talking about, <laughs> she did this amazing. It should happen. It, no, she did this amazing demonstration about when someone asked a question or something like, what do you do when you get tired? You know, like when you get tired down there, or your jaw is starting to ache and she was like oh it's really easy you just do the motorboat and so she just said she made us all like purse our lips and then be like <laughs> and you just like motorboat down there and she was like it works like a charm that um, sounds charming it was charming and i thought that's a really that's what i did pass out a little tip so i have some really antique uh books about sex uh-huh And there is this one part about pubic hair. And it was talking about how in, like, ancient ancient China, your pubic hair was a sign of your fertility and wealth. Right. So if you, the longer and straighter your pubes were and the more you had was more, was how you're standing in society. So so they straightened them as well? Well, they they were just long, straight, and silky anyway. Uh. But to grow it, like, down to your knees was, like... How do you thing. do that? My, my pubic hair doesn't grow down to my knees. I mean, I can't speak for ancient China because, right. you know. That's incredible. I'm modern-day American lady. <laughs> We've got stunted pubic hair. Growth. Yeah. I read this really interesting about Marilyn Monroe where, you know, she needed to continue the perception that she was, like, a true blonde mm-hmm. and everything. And so she used to actually, like, peroxide each pubic hair. Like, she would be, she was sitting there, like, painting her pubic hair with peroxide to make sure that she was a true blonde. That's freaking painstaking work the right there. And mm-hmm. that in that scene from, I think it's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, mm-hmm. is that the famous scene where her skirt Seven rises year up? Itch, maybe? Oh, yeah, one of those. She was actually wearing, um, two pairs of panties because if you have a good amount of pubic hair and you're just wearing your normal cotton knickers, like you can see that there is a mound of pubic hair mm-hmm. in your underpants. And so she had to wear these really tight underpants and she was wearing two so that when her dress so blew up. My father is South African and he would tell us that when he was growing up, like when he was in late teens, uh, on the beaches, it was the thing, like you would wear white bathing suits but cut the liner out so people could see your pubes. And that was like hot to trot. That is, I, that's awesome. Right. Well, I mean, even just like throw back to a 70s vibe when men had like nice handlebar mustaches and, and like giant. Giant pubes. Giant pubes, like full chest hair. Like that was the look that was rocking. That was definitely. That was. It's fucking hot, man. That was the look that was rocking the 1974 edition of Playboy that my husband was got for the articles. I I full on dig body hair. I think it's pretty awesome. Oh, man. See, and that's another thing. So maybe that's. Maybe some people just. I think there is a lack of appreciation of body hair in general. Like when I was younger, like nothing could get me into bed with a man faster than a guy who was hanging a beard. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I was just so turned well, on by beards. you know beards why? 
because it makes your their mouths look like little labias. I don't know when, what when women look at men with beards, their little pink lips sticking out, it reminds them of their own sex organs and it subconsciously attracts you to them oh, and see, makes you think about I wish sex. I had known that earlier because I just it is they there is no hot. proven fact. That is a theory that I developed maybe in my late 20s, that I like to tell a lot of people in uncomfortable social situations about how their mouths look like pussies, and they're probably going to get laid Uh, more. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I was exceptionally turned on by beards. Like, Mm -hmm. beards were... And when I first met my husband, he he was rocking an amazing beard. Chest hair, there is nothing, like, more manly. There's a reason why women don't have locks of hair on their chest, and that's because men have locks of hair on their chest. That's why it's so attractive. Like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like that exchange of, like, what separates the beast. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I think there's not an appreciation of... Of hair in general. How fucking awesome is it when it's like the NHL playoffs or the baseball playoffs or whatever, and there's that culture of like growing the beard during yeah, the playoffs? You've lost me. I don't know anything that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, oh, that's an say- American thing. I didn't know anything about it until I came and started watching like American sports on TV. And then during the playoffs, you would see all these guys rocking these huge beards or attempting to rock beards if they couldn't grow, right. you know, hair. And I was like, this is the fucking best. But I mean, I've seen many bodies with no hair that are phenomenal oh, too. Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think there are so many different ways to appreciate the body and to to totally shut down one whole aesthetic just because, I don't know. Yeah. And I do think there, I did, uh, so it, uh, we, I did read some research that the pub- pubic hair is making a comeback. So there was mm-hmm. the famous um, time during the 90s, I guess, when um, Gwyneth Paltrow was rocking a full uh, Brazilian and she was... Um, uh, they had this New York waxing emporium had mm-hmm. a headshot of her going, you changed my life. And uh, in the last couple of years, she told Ellen DeGeneres that she's sort of working a more 70s vibe. I think there is. And even in porn, I I read that even in porn, there is a comeback to have pubic hair in porn. So when I, you know, so when we were, talk, we were teaching childbirth ed and mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, teaching sex, we were going to teach sex ed in school. So I wanted to get a vagina, you know, to talk, to be able to teach proper sex ed. Now I went to the educational brochures Mm -hmm. and they had like vaginas for like five or $600. And I was like, I can do better than that at the sex shop. So I went to the sex shop and to get a vagina. What was your vagina's name that you bought? Um, Harry Kim. Harry Kim. <laughs> so, I, but you know, this is the point of my story. Is I when met I went, Harry Kim. When I went to the so sex you know. shop to get a vagina, um, there was none of them had pubic hair on them. Right. None of them. And I had to specially order Harry Kim in. And the guy <laughs> who owned the sex shop at the time kind of looked at me like quizzically, like, is this really, really what you want? And I was like, I am adamant that the vagina that I teach sex ed with has pubic hair on it like that's really important so he had to go through his catalogs and find harry kim and then he sent and then he ordered harry kim in and i got harry kim and even then the pubic hair is pretty lackluster it's been like sewed on yeah it's you know it's not great but it's better than no hair at all in my opinion yeah it was important that that there was so i've been really advocating for a new look called the promenade So this is what I think should be the next trend is where you have a really full sides. The bikini line and everything is really full and it's bare in the center. So it kind of is like drawing attention to the center of your vagina. vagina. So it's like this fancy garden entrance, kind of like if you think about like Greek gardens or Venetian well, I think there is Palace. trends in pubic hair design, right? You can get your lover's initials. Oh, my gosh. So I used to work at a spa, 
and there's this whole product line called the Betty product line. And it's pubic stencils. So you can get stencils, wax and stencils and dye. And you can have this whole array of dye. And the esthetician that I worked with, um, she wanted to be known as like the Brazilian lady. She wanted to be the Brazilian expert in the area. And so she was putting together this party where everybody came and they had live demos of people getting their pubes waxed into like lightning bolt and clovers and stuff while all the food you were eating was the color of the dye. And I was like, nobody's going to want to come to a party where you're eating. I don't understand. What was like, the connection between how pudding that's colored like the pubes that you're watching somebody rip off somebody's body? Why? I don't understand I don't know. that. What was the connection between eating food the same color as your pubes? I don't know. She just thought it would make it a little extra special. So she did spent all this money and did all this stuff. And I think one person came. Yeah. Because nobody wants to eat the pube food. No. Um, or see live demos of... No. People getting waxed. What I would that's say your... is your pubic hair is. Also, I did read a pubic hair is also a sign of your true, like your the true color of your. So I'm a true redhead. That's what I like to tell people. We had a conversation at work about. Um, we had to write down a secret about ourselves that nobody else knew, and then they were going to stick it like on. You know, it was one and of you those. You wrote like, it about your pubic hair, and, and like, everybody get knew. Get to know your you. co workers, <laughs> and so and like, and then you'd have to line it up. This year, it's photographs, and that may be because of what I wrote last year, which was, um, "I am a true redhead." <laughs> And then funnily enough, they decided to do baby photos this year, and I was wondering whether the get-to-know-your-co-worker, what didn't work out so well last year, because... I don't think my pubes have ever been the same color as my head hair. No, I mean, that's the thing, is oftentimes your pubic hair is a completely different color to your... Um, and that's normal. That's, right. And I think that's kind of cool, right? Isn't it? I think that's freaking awesome. I, mean, I yeah. went to school with a girl who had like her na- was a natural blonde on her hair, but her eyebrows were like dark, dark. Mm-hmm. And so we used to always wonder what color her pubic hair was, and we never found out. But I mean, she purple. Could, yeah, Probably she could have been purple. rocking something, she could. something a little bit more interesting. Who knows? So, do we have more facts about pubes? Because I feel like we've been just you know we do. So uh, I said uh, we talked about how the vast majority of people who present to the emergency department have to do with, um, you know, some kind of pubic hair mm-hmm. removal. Mm-hmm. Um, complications related to pubic hair can be as minor as ingrown hairs, which is what we've talked about, um, to infection of the follicles. So, yep, we talked about that as well. Um, the vulva um, or contact dermatitis, right? Mm. So you can get contact dermatitis and potentially severe genital burns from waxing. So those are some of the things that you can get. And what I would say is, while pubic hair doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have a sexual function, it definitely has, like we talked about, a biological one. So it serves as a barrier to irritants and mm-hmm. friction, and it protects both the vulva and the vaginal opening from de- bacterial infection. And it's just like what we talked about. It's basically that first that Filter. first line of defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a whole... Uh, and people will say to me, and like, I have heard this argument before, yeah, but I shower every day. And that's that's a really good thing. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't shower every day, but it doesn't mean that um, the activities that you're engaging in, you know, that you're not sort of putting yourself at risk by mm-hmm. removing your pubic hair. Like, it is there. It's just there for a reason. Mm-hmm. But like I, I do say, I feel like more passionately about pubic hair in terms of it being one of those areas where I feel like women are on constant attack about their bodies mm-hmm. as it is from you know from the media from the from Hollywood. Like we're constantly being told that we're supposed to look a certain way, and it just feels like that extra 
extra bit of intrusion when they're also telling me, like, what my fucking vagina should look like as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've already told me that my hair sucks and my tits are too saggy and my ass is too big (laughs) and, you know, my ankles are thick. And it just feels like there should be one part of my body where I'm allowed to be, like... You know, it is what it, it is. is what it is, and it serves a function, and nobody nobody's complained about it before. And well, I think that men also get a, like they get a lot of flack about body hair and penises. Yeah, yeah, know? definitely. And I just think like if people had a better understanding of the wide range of genitals, then maybe. Yeah, you'd be a little bit more accepting yeah. of... Yeah, no, I totally... Yeah, that's that's definitely the line. And like I said, I just want to point out that if you are a person who is a, and loves the Brazilian and you do I the mean, business, I'm 100% supportive of that. But even if like, you're not even talking about just, like, the vulva and the labia, like, just think about the differences in people's mons. Right, that's... Yeah. It's, like, so crazy. It's, it's and so, I, like, adamantly believe that I have a poofy mons because I'm meant to get pounded harder. Right. <laughs> I'm genetically built to have more sex, you know, and... You're always fucking touting yourself as better than the rest of us. I'm, like, it's total bullshit. Your mons is no better than my mons. My mons is phenomenal. <laughs> All right. You're always like, my mons is better than your mons. Like... <laughs> All right, maybe Ellen's mons is poofier than mine. Whatever, have, she can have it. It's delightfully poofy. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. When what I would say is the differences in like like countries, country to country. When I first went overseas when I was seventeen, eighteen, um, and I was hanging out with a bunch of European women, they were all rocking like full. I remember going. We went to the pool to hang out, and I was hanging out with a bunch of German girls, and mm-hmm. they had just like hair everywhere. Over mm-hmm. their legs, their underarms, and their pubic hair was just sprouting out of their swimmers. And I just remember, like, having, like, my eyes like, well, wide as saucers. Like... And they had no compunction about it whatsoever. Like, that was totally but normal I for them. But I think that um, the generation, like, the hipster generation are way hairier, too. Oh, definitely. And, I think, you, you know, I agree. So I think pubic hair is making a comeback. In general, like, in roller derby, I encounter a lot more younger women than I would anyway. And they are just, like, they rock their hair. They don't, you know, and they're super confident and comfortable in whatever choice they have. And I think it's really admirable to see these women that are, like, in their early 20s when I think of, like, how unbelievably awkward I was right. and how, you know... And how you were so into appeasement, like doing trying it. It certainly well, I was. I, I was more into like um, a grumpy anti. So you know, once everybody started shaving their stuff, I grumpily was like, "Fuck right. you guys! I'm going to have tons of." And then you know, I remember being in my twenties and going to the gym, and there being all the um, classic meathead football guys. And my friend and I had like long armpit hair, and we used to just like do all these exercises so our armpits were right in their faces, right. just because it grossed them out. But that's not, it's not the same as this, like, really body positive, like, this is, I'm growing my hair the way I want it to, or I'm going to be as natural as I want to, that a lot of the women that I've encountered um, recently, the younger women do. And it's, yeah, you I know, think it's a subpopulation, really but it's, it's, and I always think, oh my God, you guys are fucking awesome. Like, good for you. Right. Yeah, no, I agree entirely. And I always, like, when, when I did encounter people who were like, you know, you have, it's better for sex. I was kind of like, if if some guy is worried about a few pubic hair in their teeth, mm-hmm. then what about all the other stuff I'm hoping they're going to do mm-hmm. that they're probably going to be grossed out about? Like, sex is kind Are of a gross act. Are they going to let you pee on them uh, later? Probably, probably not. not. Pro- there goes 
There goes all the plans I had. <laughs> all the pleasure. It's out <laughs> like, the window. The list that I had from one Are to ten. Are they going to dip their balls in pudding and then swing them <laughs> onto your, your forehead? Probably not. That, I guess that Tapioca. counts teabagging out. Yeah. But don't you think like sex is like a a very visceral action anyway where there's an enormous exchange of body fluids and if you're doing it right, I hope there's like that, you know, that you're exchanging all kinds of um, body fluids, body hair. So if if you're the kind of guy who's worried about a couple of fucking pubic Next week we're going to talk about safe sex and STIs. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good topic for us to talk about. Actually, what's your experience of chlamydia? Well, it was easy. It yeah. was easy. It's easily fixed, and, mm-hmm. pu- and and pubic lice is easily fixed too. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have had pubic lice once, and then the fucking guy gave it to me again after I told him. I gave him a heads up, like, "Yo, hey, just want to let you know," which I was never very good at, like telling people. Is that like who's more foolish, the fool or the fool? It was me. <laughs> but I, I, it just never occurred to me that I would tell a guy, "Yo, you gave me pubic lice." Mm-hmm. And then he wouldn't treat it. And then and I then would go back. So I got it twice. So there's a cautionary oh. tale. Like, if a guy has pubic lice, like... And gives it to you. And gives it to you. If you give a mouse a Don't cookie, get from that well buy again. him the pubic lice solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there's mm-hmm. a good chance that he's not going to treat himself. Mm-hmm. At least this this guy didn't. So, yeah, fool to me because I if went back a second time. your name is Derek Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> and you live in Queenstown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to shame anyone. That's not a real human, guys. I mean, Roger. Um, <laughs> no, no shaming here. But yeah, that was that's my only that was my only bad pubic hair experience. I think really it was I did get pubic. I mean, once. I did. You know, in college, I did hook up with a guy, and um, we were academically hooking up. We were just talking about, you know, yeah, stuff. it was yeah. We were hanging out, and we were like, so if we do this, how's that? We thought we'd academically check out how we were doing. And Sex. you know, get some good, some good feedback from each other. And he like went to go down on me. He's like, "So just for your feedback, there's way too much stuff happening down here." <laughs> I was like, "Pardon me." He's like, "This is this is a busy place." You know? That was, and he meant your pubic hair. Yeah, he felt like you had too mm-hmm. much pubic hair. Again, like, yeah, I. I, I mean, I feel was like he licking that... your mom's pubis. Like that was a, that was a, that was the issue for him. I don't remember what he was doing, mm. but I mean, there was a lot because that was. I like to twist into one big curl and Uh, do a a nice finger curl around my finger. You're able to do that with your pubic hair? I mean, I guess mine's a little bit. I don't want to tout myself anymore and make you feel bad about yourself and my big poofy mods and my my one large ringlet of (laughs) pubic hair. You always think that your fucking mom's pubis is better than mine. I roll it on a little little styrofoam. Like, actually, it's like a. um, It's like a little cigarette roll. (laughs) It's like a cheese (laughs) curl. It's like a roll of joint with that stuff. Original Cheetos, not the little (laughs) skinny ones. And I just roll it and then I pin it overnight and I have a tiny little. Vaginal you, bandana. You do not do that. You're <laughs> fucking lying. Do you really do that? I, <laughs> I don't wrap my pubes around a cheese doodle. <laughs> I wish I did now because it sounds amazing. <laughs> you know, I have like one of those tiny hair dryers. It's like for like Barbie's hair salon that just flips over. If my we mom. leave this podcast and she buys cheese cheese doodles on the way home, I'll be sure to, to let you guys. Oh all my know. god! 
is how you spice it up at home when you've been married for yeah. many years. A long time. So, all right, I think we've expanded think we're all we're regressing. Can. We are regressing. We've expanded all we can on pubic hair. We, I do want to reiterate, like, while we have advocated for for a good a good looking bush, we also um, <laughs> we also advocate for for choice. Yeah. Like, if you really love having um, a nice shaved move. shaved or area, waxed or, or waxed or electrolysis. Or whatever. Actually, that was one thing I did read about. This girl was talking about how she had spent like an enormous amount of money on electrolysis, like to get the whole thing removed. Uh-huh. And now she was like, "What the fuck am I going to do when the trend, when pubic hair trend comes back? Like Merkin. I'll be fucked." Everybody merking like, for the weekend. And I would say, for those of you who feel like you may be in that situation, just just contact just Ellen Google and Jay at your <laughs> cervix, and I will hand make you a custom merkin where the pubic hair goes down to your no, knees. No, it doesn't have to. It can just be a little fuzzo. We can do anything, really. She's not nearly as crafty as she thinks she is. Just oh, I, well, you haven't seen all my Merkins. I just recently found them. Mm. So um, thank you uh, very much again for listening. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to check us out. We have a Facebook page. It's Ellen and Jade at your cervix or something like that. Yeah. Something around that line. So I'm sure if you look it up, you'll find it. Uh, if you have the time, please take the time to rate us and review on um, Apple iTunes or whatever because um, every time you do that, it allows other people who have nothing better to do with their lives who <laughs> are to, as miserable to as, go down this, this, to go down this very slippery road about <laughs> to learn the kinds of things that maybe they wish they'd never had so you can give all those people in your community an opportunity to do that to never unhear what, what you just what heard you will never today. that's right there is a you can never get this hour back or however no. long they've been on no. so yeah if you get a chance to rate us and reveal us on podcast on uh, the podcast on itunes and um we hope to hear from you next a time i am jade i am ellen and thanks very much when I was younger, like, nothing could get me into bed with a man faster than a guy who was hanging a beard. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was just so turned on by You know beard. why? Because it makes your, their mouths look like little ladies. <laughs> when, when women look at men with beards, their little pink lips sticking out, it reminds them of their own sex organs, and it subconsciously attracts you to them. <laughs>